Thank God for that. This life is hard enough the way it is. Can you imagine having to walk alone without the Lord in your life, without Him being the guidepost and helping you through all the things of life? I know, I know. People do it every day, but I ain't one of them. Aren't you glad you ain't one of them? I know people think it's small, it's inferior. When I was in China several years ago and preaching in those meetings there, there were professors, school teachers, people of every occupation that you can imagine, and the type that the communist government thought would not search for God. If you can educate them and give them this and that, then that'll do away with the need of God. But I sat there and looked at them people and I thought there was still something in them, even though they were professors, teachers, mathematicians, and all of that. But you can't satisfy the soul with math. You can't satisfy it with algebra. You can't satisfy it with money. It's made to search for God. When it's all said and done, friends, and when our heart is slowing down, the blood pressure's dropping, and we get ready to cross over, all you own won't amount to nothing. What you think you are won't amount to nothing. What's going to really matter is you know him. I'm glad I do, don't you? Let's turn tonight to Matthew chapter 16. How are y'all? Doing good. Doing good. Thanks for asking. I'm just happy to be in the house of the Lord. Isn't it wonderful to be a Christian? Just awesome to be a, be a child of God. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. <clears throat> Let's look tonight and see what we are a part of by the grace of the Lord. The Lord Jesus saying these words. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. I will build my church. Now what is an organization? An organization is a man-made system. There are also many independent churches that are man-made churches. If Jesus don't build them, they're not his. Now people can put his name on the sign. That still don't mean he built that church. Because Jesus uses a particular type of material. And this is the way you'll always know that Jesus founded whatever church you're going to, whatever one you're looking at or fellowshipping or whatever, the traits of the builder will be in there. And you'll be able to identify it by its characteristics, its traits, its foundation, and the building material that is used. This is it. Upon this rock, I will build my church. So what was the rock? Of course, the rock was Revelation, revelation of who he is, not who he was. So the churches of this day that are built by Jesus himself will be focusing on who and what he is in 2023 and shortly 2024. 
So if they're built upon a memory of what he was 2,000 years ago, that's not a church that Jesus built. Because upon this rock, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Acts chapter 15, verse 1. Now some traits and characteristics of this church now a few years after Jesus starts building. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Now notice certain men, don't call them brethren, just calls them men. Certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren. So here was some men that were not brethren, but they were teaching the brethren. How in the world did that happen? So you got men that's not even born again. And somehow the brethren let them among them and start teaching them. Wow. That ought to be a double wow. We ought to take warning. Isn't that amazing? Certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, except you speak in tongues, you ain't got the Holy Ghost. Or except you run and shout, you're not the bride. Now see, then it was circumcision. But it's changed in every age. And it's happening in our ranks as well. That we're making new evidences of what the bride is. We've had so many bride revivals I can't even keep up with them. But let me tell you what the bride revival won't be. The bride's revival will not be hacking and splicing and cutting the word or the message and putting it together to fit your idea. It won't be that. Now, of course, they were saying this because this was such an important thing in that day and this day. We don't even think nothing about it. So the evidence will change, but that spirit never changed. Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small, ah, no small dissension and disputation with them. Wow. So Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them. They determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. Now you see, because the scarecrow has been so effective for thousands of years, If we would try to do this today in our message, people would start screaming, denomination, denomination, denomination. You know why? The scarecrow has started scaring eagles. Now this is the way the original church operated. And the devil put up a scarecrow of the name of denomination and they started pulling some of these things out of there and Satan knew it would scare the elect from the third century right on down. And it's still scared them. Notice in verse three. 
And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders. Wow. Paul, the prophet, a church age messenger, had to be received by the church and by the apostles and the elders. Oh, why didn't he get this attitude? I don't care if y'all don't think I'm of God or not. Glory to God, go on to hell. Well, that's the attitude a lot of the message folks have. I did say message folks, not real believers. You see, real message believers know that Brother Branham's message is not something new. It's a restoration to the original. Now you see, a lot of message people do not believe that. They can never believe a lot of the doctrines they do. They can never stay home, play tapes, don't need preachers no more, all that. The reason they believe that is because they believe this message is something totally new. And if you believe that tonight, I pray to God you get the Holy Ghost before you leave this service because you ain't got it now. Because the Holy Ghost will never lead you to believe a lie. Because the prophet messenger come to return the hearts of the children back to the apostolic fathers. And the church said, and they declared all things that God had done for them. I mean, let to be remembered tonight as we pray. Sister Wendy Asher has an aunt that has a real need and they want this prayer cloth, so just hold that request in your heart as well as you pray over what you have need of. Heavenly Father, we so love you tonight. Oh, I'm so glad to be back in church. I'm so thankful when you saved me. You saved me to go to church. You saved me to sing. You saved me to worship. You saved me to pray. You saved me to live right. You saved me to rejoice. You saved me for heaven. And you saved me from hell. I don't worry about being lost because I didn't come from there and I ain't going there. How grateful we are tonight, Lord Jesus, for your mercy. Fathers, we approach your word tonight. We're asking for your help. We're asking, dear God, that you'd help me to get out of the way, help the people to be able to enter in the service. Lord, they've worked today, many of them, and no doubt they're tired. And Would your presence just come and catch us up, Lord? Father, I know there's several that's sick and couldn't be with us in service tonight, and we ask that you'd be mindful of them. Lord, I have this prayer cross in my hand for Sister Wendy's aunt. You know all about this need and request, and we believe you, Father, that you're going to move for. Dear God, we desire to be with all of our hearts one of those churches that has been turned back to the apostolic faith. Help us, I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. And the church said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, I'm sure that you all believe already tonight that just because people say they are apostolic does not mean that they are the original apostolic. 
Anybody here ever belong to the UPC? Church of God in Christ, few of you. Church of God in Christ, one is Church of God, the black side of that UPC thing, probably nobody. Many of them claim to be apostolic. But basically what they preach is one God, and they don't even have it correct, and water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus. I was at a funeral some time ago of an apostolic man, a family member close to someone of mine, and the preacher, which was apostolic, of course, got up and every way that he could, he tried to bring in Acts 2.38 and uh, speaking in tongues, evidence of, of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues and preaching this guy's funeral, but also trying to get forth his apostolic doctrine. Now, many of those apostolic preachers, they, they are specifically known for Acts 2.38. And a lot of them turn into preachers that carry an Acts and 2.38s. So that's all they know how to do with that scripture is fight with it. And they will fight you. And they will get angry and they will get upset and they have no mercy whatsoever for someone that maybe God has never opened their understanding to that. So they take their ax and cut their heads off. And if there's anything left, they pull out both 38s and finish them off with that. And as I sat there listening to that man's funeral and I thought, you know, I knew the man well and knew the man was a good man, loved God with all of his heart. But yet this preacher saw it as an opportunity to be able to convey once again their so-called apostolic doctrine. But I had talked to some of those people years before about the message. Ah, mentioned predestination, serpent seed. Some of the different doctrines that we know the apostles actually preached. And what I found was that those apostolic people wasn't apostolic at all. They were apostolic denomination. So because they baptized in Jesus' name and because they preached the tongues as the evidence of the Holy Ghost and you shout and this and that, then you're true apostolic. No, you're just apostolic by name. But there is a true apostolic people on the face of the earth today. So true apostolic people are built upon the doctrine of the apostles and prophets. So the true apostolic people are those that can tie their original roots back to the church in the book of Acts, which was what Jesus started himself. Now Jesus said himself, on this rock I will build my church. Now it may be kind of offensive a little bit, but as I said earlier, every church that's built on every church corner between here and Memphis and back is not built by the Lord Jesus because Jesus could go in there and start just preaching a little bit about his word. We'll say he would start in the book of John and he might say something like this. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and many might come on down to verse 14 and say, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Some of them might make it to the end of that and say, 
Amen. And then we might bring Jesus over to St. John 10 when Jesus would say, I and my Father are one. And we might bring him over to where Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. And he said, Philip, have I been with you so long and you don't know who I am? If you see me, you see the Father. Well, right there, a bunch of the Trinitarians would fall out of their pew, wouldn't they? And yet, they claimed to be following Jesus. Well, Jesus was actually the one who said that. And then would come over to the first church age messenger that was the foundation stone that God began to build a lot of these revelations on what he gave him. And he would say something like this, for without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. For God was manifest in the flesh, just in the, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles. Who did? God. God. Then we might come to the book of Titus where he said, hastening to and to the coming of the day of God. In that day when the Lord Jesus will come himself. You mean calling Jesus God? Not one of them, but him. Jesus wasn't one of the gods in heaven. He was the only one. And we might move over to the book of Revelation when John was carried up. And he said, I saw one. And I saw a throne, not three, but I saw one throne. And he that sat upon the throne was to look upon as a jasper and a sardis stone, which was the birthstones of the tribes of Israel. So I wonder how many churches in the Tri-Cities that the Lord Jesus would acclaim that he himself started that church. And it would be identification that we all would know because the building material that church is built upon. So it's built upon the revelation then of who Jesus is in this age. And yet many of them will take people down to the water and they'll say, in obedience to the commandment of the Lord Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. So in other words, you spiritually baptize them into the Catholic Church. Well, glory to God. I thought y'all was apostolic here tonight. (laughs) So I wonder then how many of them that Jesus would stand up and say, I did not build my church upon the teaching that speaking in tongues was the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Well, there'd be some more that'd get mad at Jesus. And then others that would say, well, you know, I believe once in grace, always in grace. And once you get saved, as a matter of fact, I was going hunting this last week in Owen, and one of the brothers was telling me that he had hunted, been around the guy up there where we were sometime before this, and the guy was cussing, I mean cussing everything off the hinges. And the brother asked him, he said, "Uh, what do you do? He said, I'm a licensed, ordained minister. Oh my goodness. So I doubt Jesus would want to put his arm around that dude and call him buddy, wouldn't you? So you can imagine then one church after another, after another, the Lord Jesus would say, you are not mine. I never built this church. As a matter of fact, this one was built by this organization or this man or this or that or the other. This is not even my church. 
My name is not here. My revelation is not what built you. It was built out of envy or strife or whatever more. This is not my church. It's gonna be surprising when we get to the end of the way. And a lot of people stand before the Lord and they will stand there thinking, you know, that I've done this and that and the other. And the Lord Jesus will look at them. And I know some of the brothers right now don't like it whenever preachers will still preach on Matthew 24, 24. But I've got to because I'm a full gospel preacher. And I believe in healings and signs and wonders and miracles. But by no means do I believe that the bride's only identification is the miraculous. Because there's gonna be all kinds of people that's gonna stand before the Lord and say, we cast out devils, we raise the dead, we heal the sick in your name. Come on, church. And they will absolutely be anointed. I heard the prophet say it today. It is the true anointing of the Holy Ghost, but they are anointed falsely to the word. So you mean the Spirit of God would come upon people and anoint them falsely to the Word so you don't judge them by their signs or their miracles or how much they jump or dance or shout, but what you judge them by is the Word. That includes me, that includes every other preacher, that includes every one of us. And the church said, So the church then that Jesus is going to come for in the last days is going to be an apostolic Bible-believing church. Now keep in mind that God did not send Brother Branham in order to replace our Bible, but to make our Bible more real to us. Is that right? Is that the way you believe it and understand it? So he did not come to send Brother Branham so that people would formulate their doctrines outside of the context of scripture and they would come up with all kinds of strange ideas, which of course is going to be in every age. But he would come right back because when he went beyond the curtain of time and he saw his people only, didn't see Paul's, did not see Luther's, did not see Wesley's, but he saw his only. And whenever he reconciled and he told the angel, said, if Paul's group goes in, mine will. And then those thousands, I already say it today, that there was hundreds of thousands of those people looked like there could have been millions that was there and they screamed out, we are resting on that. And they said, one day Jesus will come to you and you will be judged and if you are accepted and you will be, then we will go in on your teaching. So that would be totally impossible for us to go in on Brother Branham's teaching unless he was a word prophet. Praise the Lord. So Paul didn't say one thing and Brother Ram say something else. Now he might have said it in a Kentucky way where Paul said it in his way, but it's still the word of God. Now whenever the Lord started forming this church, he knew of course that there would be seven ages, it would be spread over seven dispensations and there would be seven manifestations of the Spirit of God in the book of Revelation, it would be called the seven spirits of God, but it would be seven manifestations of the same Spirit of God. Each one of them would be represented by a horn on the beast and then there would be an eye in the horn. Now these were actually the horns were the power on the earth which protected the lamb's rights. So in the first church age, there was a horn which was under the line anointing and there was an eye in the horn. Oh, you're trying to get deep, Brother Donnie. No, I'm not. I just want you to know where you're identified and where every age has been. 
So a horn come up on there and that was the church. That was the true Acts 2 church. Then in that horn was an eye. So the eye represented the seer or the dispensation of light that was given to them. So he saw seven horns and then he saw seven eyes, an eye in each horn. So it was the messenger of that age. So the eye of the age catches the mind of God, looks into the script of God, catches the word of the day, pulls it down into the horn, and then the horn gets under the manifestation of that word, you follow me, of what their word is for their day, because we didn't know what our word was. The Ephesian people didn't know what their word was. The Sumerian people, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, we didn't know what our word was. And every church age message, if you notice in the book of Revelation, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, Notice who the letter is addressed to. It's not addressed to the denominational headquarters. It's not sent to a bunch of bishops that's gonna tell everybody what they can do and cannot do. Come on church, say amen. But who is the letter sent to? It is sent to the church age messenger, the angel of God of that day. He is the eye on the horn. So the eye gets the message direct from God. Then the eye comes right down and projects it down to the horn and then the horn protects the lamb's rights in that day. Now we're talking about the bride's rights but also the lamb of God has rights. This is one thing we're called to do. We're not called to be passive. We're not called to let the world do whatever they wanna do. And people just say whatever they wanna say and us just sit around and hold our peace and, and be real quiet. Paul didn't believe that. Paul and Barnabas did not have no small dissension and disputation of those that was teaching contrary to the word of God. They confronted them and said, you're not saying the truth. Well, come on now, children. This is what we are called to do. We are called to protect the lamb's rights in this Laodicean age. Now everybody in this age, one of the most important things to them is what? Their rights. So the gay rights and the, you know, this rights and that's right. Well, that's fine if that's what they wanna do, but the lamb of God also has rights. He has a right to have a church. He has a right to have a church filled with the Holy Ghost. A church built upon the doctrine of the apostles and prophets. Is that right? And he's not gonna send Gabriel down to protect those rights, but he's gonna have men of God under the same anointing that the eye brought it. I don't wanna just repeat what Brother Ranham said. I don't wanna just repeat it like a tape recorder, but I wanna have the same spirit of God he had. I wanna operate under the same thing. That's what I love when he writes it down, pick up your pen and write in the spoken words original seed that the bride not only has the word, but she has the mind of Christ to know what he wants done with the word. It's evident, friends. A lot of churches and a lot of preachers around this message are missing the mind of Christ. Notice the seventh seal. He said, whenever the mind of Christ comes in, that is the supernatural element. So people can come to the message, but it does not mean they get the immediate, oh my, the immediate deposit of the mind of Christ just when you hand them a book. If they do not have the mind of Christ, they'll never know what God wants done by that word. 
But if you receive the mind of Christ with the message itself, then you know what he wants done. It's evidence some folks still don't know what he wants done. They think he wants us to argue and debate and make this little kingdom and that little kingdom. That's not what he wants done with the word. He wants us as preachers to preach the word and produce word bursts and obey them scriptures, lay hands on the sick. I know some of the preachers in the message, they're fighting laying hands on the sick and they say we're beyond it, we don't need it no more. I'll guarantee you one thing, we've still got a lot of sick folks around here and I'm gonna still keep on, oh, brother Donnie, brother Branham got to a place he never had no more visions. I want you to show me that in the message. I'll tell you when Brother Random stopped having visions when he moved into the other dimension. You want to tell me the prophets stopped praying for people and the prophets stopped having prayer lines? I want you to show me that where he said that himself. What did he do? He was still ministering to the body right before he left the earth. And that's what every God-called man is called to do. Cast out devils, lay hands on the sick. Praise the Lord. Now notice, if here in chapter 15 again, verse five. But there arose up a certain sect. Wow. Of the Pharisees, which believed. Wow. So you mean they still kept their old name? Pharisees that believed. I guess my question would be, believed what? How could you be a believer and still want to be called a Pharisee? Or a sad, you see. I think some of y'all are sad, you see. That it was needful to circumcise them. How could they believe? How could they be word-born Christians and still believe you had to be circumcised in the flesh? They had no revelation that the Holy Ghost was the tool of circumcision in the New Testament. They had no idea it was still to do with this right here. That it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and the elders came together for to consider of this matter. Now notice, they did not consider it denominational at all. When questions raised up for the preachers to get together and try to resolve some of these issues. Wonder why that's so foreign to us. Wonder why that's so strange. And we're apostolic. Are we really? I wonder. I wonder how many apostolic churches we actually have in the message. We have a lot of message churches. But I wonder if they're apostolic message churches. You hear what some of them is preaching, you can understand. They're a long way from the doctrine of the apostles. Verse 22. Then pleased them, the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul 
and Barnabas. Wow. So what if we hear there's some kind of doctrine that's broke out wherever? And then some of the brothers get together and say, you know what? We, we all need to go to Timbuktu, we'll say. We need to make a trip to Timbuktu. And we need to straighten out some of this stuff because this is going to affect us all. Boy, can you imagine what some of the message people say? Lord, have mercy. Brother Donnie and Brother Darrell and Brother David Siler, this brother, they're going to Timbuktu. And they told me that they're going over there to straighten out a bunch of stuff. Who in the world do they think they are? Lord, we're going into denomination. That's the way they done in the Bible. You know what, I just realized, I'm, I'm, I, might, I might be in the wrong church tonight. I mean, I'm preaching to people that look just like you two weeks ago the last time I preached, but now y'all are looking at me like you don't know me. Oh my goodness. So they send these people now with Paul and Barnabas, name of Judas, surname, Barsabas and Silas, chief men among the brethren. And they wrote letters by them after this manner. The apostles and elders and brethren send greetings unto the brethren which are in the Gentiles and Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us. Now they went out from them but they went out without authority. You see, this is the way God wanted to control division and contention. I wonder how many of them guys, when they heard Paul was in town, shook like a leaf on the fall winds blowing. They said, Lord have mercy, he's here? Gracious, I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Paul said, you think I've got this attitude. They say, oh, his words are powerful, but he's puny as we say in his body. He said, let him know that these same words I write, when I get there, I will have the same attitude. You see, that would have kind of helped squelch down a lot of false doctrine and a lot of false teachers. Why is it that all these things are breaking out around the world? You know, because the greatest, most powerful nation, so-called in the world, has a weak leader. And Satan waits for weakness as nations wait for weakness. Now watch, for as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words. So they actually came out from under the apostles and the elders, and then they started troubling the people, sowing discord and false doctrine and whatever more, uh, with the words, subverting your soul, subverting, subverting your souls and saying, as we said today, oh, well, you know, we really think it's not necessary to no longer quote the prophet. Well, of course, we believe the message in secret, but, you know, I, I, I'm kind of thinking that maybe maybe we should start a TV program or something like that. Not against anybody who wants to do all that sort of thing. 
But, you know, if we're going to have a TV broadcast and maybe a radio broadcast and we're going to do this and other, or maybe we're going to do a lot of outreach meetings. Well, that's good. Nothing's wrong with that either. Unless, of course, you have to compromise what you preach. Well, since we're going to do that, it wouldn't be fitting to, you know, to mention anything about. So I won't say it, but you all will understand So from this point on, I won't say seventh angel. Or any preachers that come into our church, I'll mention to them and ask them not to read quotes of. Subverting their souls. So you understand what some preachers now begin to do? They begin to cut off the light they're supposed to filter down into the soul of the horn. The body. The body is supposed to absorb the light as it comes through the eye and the revelation of the hour. It sets their soul on fire by that word. But of course, if you become ashamed, you think it was just a mistake that Paul wrote to Timothy and said, don't be ashamed of me as his messenger. There must have been something already moving among them. What well, do we have to actually get up and say, Paul? I mean, really, he's got a pretty bad record. You know, this guy was a murderer. Can you imagine in that day? Now, of course, we pick up our Bible today and we read it as the holy word of God. But in that day, it was simply books or letters written by this man that was so strange and bizarre that he said he was carried up to the third heaven. Who ever heard of such a thing? And he said, women couldn't even preach. My Lord, what in the world's the matter with him? And he even wrote in the book of Romans that men were sleeping with men and women sleeping with women. And he said, those that do it are worthy of damnation. And I say the same thing. I heard some of the guys up in the lodge where we were staying out in the hunting trip talking about a gay pastor. I thought, oh my Lord, make me sick at my stomach. Gay pastor. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a man being that blind? Can you imagine people being so foolish they would sit under such when God's word will condemn them? Oh, 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 oh. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I must have got a little rays of that light. It come down on me and hit me. It made me kind of Elijah-like or something. Kind of rough. Let me, let, me, let me cut off that light and say, oh. How is everybody? This is the greatest day of your life. some of you that would feed on that slop. That's all it is. Slop fit for hogs. <laughs> now I want you to notice how that Luke, whenever he writes this in chapter 15, verse 24, he said, for as much as we have heard that certain went out from us. Now you see, they were not sent. They just went. It seemed good unto us, being assembled with one accord. 
Well, that's a miracle within itself, ain't it? <laughs> to send chosen men unto you as our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas, not Iscariot now, Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. So now they, notice the difference between these men and the others. The others went, but weren't sent. These went, but were sent. The others didn't have a message that coincided with what the apostles was preaching, but these were the voices echoing the truth of what the apostles said. Now they didn't just send Paul and Barnabas, but they sent these other brothers who had been around even longer. You see, friend, a lot of the thing that Satan has wanted to do is to try to correct us away from this original apostolic order and it gives him more liberty to do whatever he wants to do. All people have to say is they feel led. I challenge any person here, any person listening to me tonight around the world, I challenge any preacher to show me where the words feel led are at in the book of Acts. Where any preacher felt led to go do this or do that or the other, contrary to God's scripture. I'll be waiting. But I ain't gonna stop preaching until I get it. I'm just going to go ahead and preach. Now notice we have sent. Oh. So you mean the church sent? Wow. Hope it's hard for me to say this. Brother Joel Brown has had a burden on his heart to do something for a community where he was raised up. <clears throat> and he come and talk to me about it Want me to pray with him, of course. He'd follow the leading of the Lord and God would be with him and wanted my advice. And so it so happens that there's a church not too far from this community where Brother Joel was feeling. And I told him, Brother Joel, the first thing you need to do, of course, after praying about it, is contact the brother in that area. Right, Brother Joel? I said, don't you go in there and try to start something different than what he's got. I said, Brother, why would you tell him that? Because I think Bible, I think apostolic. That's the way they did. You never find them coming in. Come on, children, now preach with me. You don't find it in the Bible with them going along with men who done something contrary to the doctrine of the apostles and the prophets. So I said, go in and let the brother know you're not there trying to undercut him, but you've got a burden for your, your black community where you were raised because many of them, of course, still live in their own community and may not go to some of the white churches yet or whatever more, and he just wanted to go see, is there somebody there, Lord? Is there somebody there? I said, but Brother Joel, the thing of it is, you don't want to be like Brother Random. Brother Random went to India and had hardly no churches to support him. All those people come to God, and he said, whenever he come back, he said, probably nearly every one of them went back to the Sikhs, the James, the Buddhist, because there was no church to send them to. 
So I said, go there and talk to that pastor, which Brother Joel did so. And the brother actually said, well, you can have our church if you wish to, if you want to use it for outreach, whatever. And I thought, praise God, that, that's, that's an awesome way to do it. And Brother Joel said, well, maybe not. Maybe we just, you know, get a building. And I told him, I said, where are you going to have it? Well, he said, I hadn't thought about that. He said, what are you going to use for PA? Well, I hadn't thought about that. Well, you see, whenever you've got men that are experienced and you're going to start a work, it's foolish, so foolish not to ask the men of God who's been laboring for decades. It shows scriptural ignorance in the minds of so many people. As I said, I wonder how many apostolic message churches we have. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all want me to go on another hunting trip this week? Is there any place else we can go, Brother Daniel? <laughs> Notice now in verse, in verse 40. And Paul chose Silas and departed because he felt led and he felt led and, and uh, Silas felt led. Paul chose Silas and departed. So do you understand what would happen in that day? If a man would feel led to go out and start a church or do whatever, and they would go to the local church and say, hey, he come talk to you. Are you all working with this? Is this a work together with you? And if they would have said, no, real apostolic believers would have had nothing to do with it. Message people well. Read your Bible. Now remember, from this night forward, every one of you is going to be held accountable. And you will stand before the Lord God himself. And these scriptures right here that you've seen on this screen will be on heaven's screen. Not only are you visible, but those of you that are streaming. And if I'm taken from the earth and people go back and archive it, them too. Because this is God's word, not mine. And he went through Syria and Sicily, confirming the churches. Chapter 16, verse four. And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the... Oh, no. Decrees? How many of y'all still believe your Bible? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. They delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained. Of who? Ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. (laughs) Wow. Verse 5. And so, ah, so here's the way New Testament churches expanded and started. And so were the churches established. Notice, and how many faiths? Presbyterian faith, Church of Christ faith, Church of God faith, one God faith, two God faith, three God faith. There was one faith. 
Well, there truly still is just one true faith. Can I go a bit farther? Thank you. Chapter 20, verse 17. And from Miletus, he sent into Ephesus. Now, this is Paul as he's journeying through. He sent to Ephesus and he called the elders of the church. Wow. So you mean the prophet of the age is going through an area and he would not even pass through that area, Harry, until he called the elders of the church and wanted to meet with them. Chapter 21, verse 18. And the day following, Paul went in with us unto James and all the elders were present. And when he saluted them, he declared particularly what things God had brought among the Gentiles by his ministry. 1 Corinthians 4, 17, for this cause have I sent unto you, Timotheus. You mean Paul sent another preacher? Okay, now no, some of y'all buckle up, okay? Put your shoulder harness on, your seat belt, your crash helmet and everything. Before Brother Ron Spencer ever started pastoring, I sent him on a mission. Get your handkerchief out and wave it by that person by you. Fan him, fan him. You don't believe me? Ask him. As a matter of fact, I was talking about not long ago. He said, you remember when you sent me to certain, certain places? Yes, sir, I remember that. Brother Jim Babb went with him. They had some great fellowship until they started talking about the different football teams that they liked. (laughs) And then they nearly had a falling out. They didn't last long. Now can you imagine Brother Ron Spencer being able to be sent somewhere? (laughs) Well, glory to God. It's either getting awful hot in here or I'm feeling the pressure. Notice, and when he saluted them, he declared particularly what things God had wrought among them, among the Gentiles. Now he jumps over here, 1 Corinthians, speaking about now what he done. Have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, and shall bring into you remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I have taught everywhere in every church. Wow, you mean to tell me that Timothy then, whenever he would go in and preach the message and he would actually preach about the messenger and talk about the messenger to the people and say, now I want to remind you now, Brother Paul, you remember how he lived. Now, Brother Paul, you remember, you imagine people sitting out, what in the world is he doing referring to some man? What in the world is he doing talking about some man? Oh my goodness. People say, I cannot believe you all stand up and quote a man. Well, what's the difference between us quoting a vindicated prophet and you quoting the smiley preacher from Texas? What's the difference between us standing up here preaching and you quoting the 700 club or the 500 club or the 200 club? You're gonna quote somebody. I'm just glad I'm quoting the right body. Amen. I'm not ashamed of this message nor of this message. 2 Corinthians 8, 16, but thanks be to God which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. 
For indeed he accepted the exhortation, being more forward of his own court, and he went unto you. We have sent with him the brother. My goodness. So you mean men of God actually felt they could influence others and they would go because these men of God said, hey, why don't some of you brothers go down to a jail over there? Why don't you do this? Why don't you want to do something for the Lord? Some of my young preachers want to preach and where a lot of them want to start out preaching before 500. Yeah, they want to stand up. So why don't you go to the nursing home? Oh, no, no, no. I'm too nervous to go over a nursing home. If God's called you, you'll start in a hog lot. That's where you have to start. If you've got to start down there with one woman, Jesus wasn't too big to go to one woman. Anytime a preacher's too big to go to one woman, he's too big for his britches. Amen. If you're called of God, you'll preach in a big lot. You'll preach wherever God sends you because it's burning inside of your soul. You ain't preaching for an offering. You ain't preaching for a crowd. You're preaching because God himself called you to do it. Now, can you imagine if Brother Joel Brown moved on his heart whenever they start having services, maybe he's already started having some, and the brother from that area would call me and say, hey, Brother Donnie, Brother Joel Brown from your church is coming up here, and he's doing this or this or this. You know anything about it? And Brother Joel didn't think it necessary, of course, to come to me, and I would have to say, no, sir, I don't. I don't know one thing about it. So I don't know exactly what verse that he might use, but more than likely, Sunday, Brother Joel is going to be his text. Why? Because he don't know Brother Joel. He went out from under the headship of his pastor. But now if the brother's concerned, and he ain't calling me, because he trusts him. You imagine him never say, oh yeah, I've done talked to Brother Donnie. Okay, that's good. That's exactly right. Oh, you say, that's a denominational. That's the Bible. That's God's protocol. But again, friends, people don't believe what the prophet taught. They do not believe what he said that God called ministers are God's commanding officers. They simply don't believe it. And do you realize your unbelief will keep you out of the rapture? You think it matters to God which scripture you disbelieve, whether it's Malachi 4 or Ephesians 4? I want to believe all of them, don't you, brother? Boy, it seems like I've been preaching for three days. Is it that long? Man, a lot. God help me tomorrow. Notice we have sent him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. Not that only, but who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us with this grace. What a recommendation. So the churches was in such unison. They said, Brother Paul, we believe this young brother, he'd be a blessing to you and a help to you and a strength to you. So it wasn't just, I feel it, I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. But the church has recommended this brother and Paul so honored the way the church has felt about it. He said, I believe I'll take him with us. 
All these scriptures will be available for you if you'd like to read them yourself. This is not a King Donnie version. It's the King James. I'm sorry y'all didn't know this is in your Bible. Maybe you'd spend more time reading your Bible instead of on Facebook and TikTok and TwikTok and everything else in the world and social media. Spend a little time in social mediating with God. You might know your Bible a little better. Mm. Philippians 2.25, yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger, he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness. Don't you understand what this did? This eliminated so much false prophets. They would not let them in their pulpit without recommendation. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that he had heard that ye had heard he had been sick. For indeed he was sick and nigh to death, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but on me also. I want you to look at this prophet of the age. He needed men around him that had inferior ministries. And he did not feel threatened. He needed men that could come. He knew he wasn't gonna live forever. He knew in order for the message to live, there had to be other men of God that would pack that same message. Oh, I heard Brother Bram say today and things that ought to be, and he's preaching that last message, I don't know if you knew it or not, but that assembly of God. And he said, I know, I'm, I, I know I'll go on. I know I'll pass, something like that. And he said, go on. And these young men, I used to fulfill that scripture, not anymore since I'm an old man. But these young men will take this message and sweep it on to the coming of the Lord Jesus. Tape players don't have legs, church. Come on, MP3 players don't have legs. Streaming don't have legs. A tape player can't baptize you. A tape player cannot sit there and console you. God call men is what God ordained to pack this word. He's never changed it and that's what we believe because we are original apostolic believers. Praise God. Can you imagine what this recommendation meant now for Epaphroditus to the church? I send him therefore the more carefully that when you see him again, you may rejoice that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore. So what about Hymenius? Philidius, and some of those others that he wrote their name in the Bible. Now they too were preachers, but they were preachers without a recommendation. They were preachers that Paul warned the flock about. Now no doubt there's some dumb sheep that went and heard them just out of curiosity. But if they really believed this man was a servant of God, you know, imagine ever darkening a door where Hymenius was preaching? Or Philetus was preaching and Paul said, their doctrine does eat like a canker, which is cancer. 
at a corruption that starts in the, on the body and the skin begins to die. Word used for a couple different medical terms there. And Paul would liken their doctrine and their preaching to the rottening of the flesh and the limbs would fall off. Ain't a saint of God full of the Holy Ghost gonna sit and hear a mean is preaching nothing. Why? Wasn't recommended by the church. Mm-hmm. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation. Philemon chapter one, verse 10. I beseech you, beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sinned again. Thou therefore receive him. Wow. So if some other man raises up, glory to God, I'll tell you one thing, I believe the word too. Hallelujah, amen, thank you Jesus. And Paul didn't recommend him. So it'd show up at Corinth or show up wherever. Wonder what them people would think. And where, where, where's your recommendation? Oh, glory to God, I don't need no recommendation. Hallelujah, I feel that. Mm-hmm. Friends, you'd not believe some of the trash and the nonsense that's going on around our message. People with some of their so-called gifts prophesying for this man to leave his wife and marry this man's wife. And someone some time ago, a woman standing up and speaking in tongues and interpreting or prophesying or whatever you want to call it. I've got a different name for it. Yeah, the Lord, I'm calling for a trim. I'm calling for a trim. So the sisters of the church went home and got their scissors. And they started trimming. Well, that's what the Lord said he wanted. Not my God. Beelzebub the devil. Well, come on now. Well, hallelujah. How do we judge prophecy? Oh, I felt it. We don't judge it by feeling. We judge it by the word. And if it don't come to pass, it ain't the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh my. Notice in Jude, chapter one, only one chapter, of course, verse 17. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice how, now Jude is the foster brother, high brother of the Lord Jesus. Notice how Jude is exhorting the people to remember the words which were spoken by the apostles as if though it was the holy word of God. Wow. How many believes the apostles' doctrine is important? How many can be honest and say, well, to be honest with you, I'm not sure how much of the message churches even go with that anymore. I'll raise my hands whether you've got enough courage to or not. I can guarantee you. It's so sad when you look at it. Oh, but Brother Donnie, we're on the edge of the prophet. The apostles don't even matter no more. Really? 
Well, Jesus certainly disagrees with you because he built his city in heaven in a reflection of the earth. Revelation 21, 14, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations. And in them, the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So you mean when you get there and you're going to live in that city for eternity, you're going to see them 12 names of them apostles. Now you see the Lord Jesus when he said, Brother Brandon, you're not going to tear out that foundation saying, now wait a minute, I made a mistake here. I shouldn't have never built the city on the foundation of the apostles. I should have just built it on Brother Branham alone and have Brother Ram's name there. He makes no mistakes. So what did Brother Branham be built upon? The doctrine and the teaching of the apostles. And Jesus Christ was so confident that he could build the church on it that he himself allowed himself to be the first stone laid on that foundation. And then you and I are given the privilege to be laid by him on that same foundation. Let's stand. Praise the Lord. And the church said, How many wants our church? to be a Bible-believing, apostolic church. Not UPC, not Church of God in Christ, not any of these other denominational things, but a Bible-believing church. Oh, my. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You see, in reality, friends, A man, a preacher, which cannot be led and cannot recognize headship himself is not a leader. He is a dictator. You look at the difference between Saul and David. Saul could not be corrected. Saul could not admit he was wrong. He couldn't follow directions, so therefore he could not be led under the teachings of the prophet Samuel. And look, he becomes so stubborn, so hard-headed, he didn't want to be told what to do. Oh, yeah, God said this. I've done what God said. But look at David. Boy, he had his mistakes, didn't he? But he knew how to repent. And he could do it not because of act, but because he genuinely meant it. He could be led to repentance. He could be led to saying he was wrong. He could be led, and God, even hundreds of years later, God was still referring back to David and he said, for my servant David's sake, for my servant David's sake. Hundreds of years after he was gone, but his legacy meant so much to God. Oh, may God help us. We can be that kind of Christians. Let's bow our heads if you would. Praise the Lord. Now maybe you're here tonight and you say, actually, Brother Donnie, I didn't realize the Bible said all that. Well, you probably didn't because you're not called to study the Word like a preacher would. And God knows that. So maybe you didn't understand. Maybe you didn't see it. Maybe you didn't know it was there. But after tonight, you say, my, I want to be that kind of believer. 
I want my heart, my life, my home, our church to be established upon the doctrine, the teaching of the apostles. That original word, because I truly believe God sent his prophet to restore our hearts back to the apostolic fathers. The apostolic fathers. Praise God. How many wants our church to be that kind of a church? Would you just raise your hand before God? The angels are watching you. The Lord Jesus is watching you. And demons are watching you. So remember, we're making our stand. We want to be a Bible-believing church. Oh, yeah, a message, sure. Oh, absolutely, with all of our hearts. Yes. We want to believe it. Teach it. Walk it. Obey it. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Fathers, we... Lift our hands to you tonight, dear God, in your presence. I thank you, Lord, for the Bible. I realize, Lord Jesus, some of our brothers and sisters still in parts of Africa, India, different parts of the world still don't have a personal Bible. I've seen some pictures of some just a few days ago, getting their own Bible for the first time. We have them laying in our cars, laying in our homes. We have access to them. All of us that have a smartphone have access to them, and how much do we read them? How I thank you for the Bible. And Lord, how we thank you tonight for the message of the hour that points us right back to the Bible. The devil tried to lay a trap for your prophet one day. And a man come to the prophet and said, now, Brother Branham, you've had so much experience with God, so many visions and so on. You would be qualified to write your own Bible. Now, he said, the man, I've been trying to catch me a little. And I said, well, brother, that might be so, but that couldn't be what God would want because he said there would be nothing added to this word. I remember Brother Charlie Cox telling me one time that when Brother Branham was there at their house and Brother Charlie had been reading a message book and he had his Bible laying there on a table and he had just laid that message book over on top of the Bible. Brother Branham saw it, went over and picked it up and laid the Bible on top of the message book. Said, Brother Charlie, don't ever put anything before the Word of God. Lord God, I pray our people will always believe that. I pray your people around the world will always have that attitude to love the Word to love their scriptures, to read them. Oh, Jesus, we love you, Father. We don't want to just baptize in your name, say we're apostolic, we're one God, but we want to be able to take the founding of a new church or the advancing of the kingdom of God, brothers that would go out of our assembly. I don't believe you call preachers just to set them all under a preacher the rest of their life but they may be sitting there for years to get training so they can be able to go out, maybe start other works or 
missionary or whatever more. But Lord, if they follow the apostolic pattern, they will not have to sneak around behind the pastor's back like a snake in the grass. Because if they would have done that in the days of Paul, they would have got no recommendation. Help us, Father. What a sad thing it is. Many churches will crumble because they aren't built on the revelation of your word. I didn't start this church, Lord. It was started years ago on Roan Hill. I thank you for those who started it, Lord. Lord, the Yance family and the Phillips family and many of them, dear God, their parents and grandparents, and we thank you for them. They were the pioneers that started it, then moved it over to Happy Valley, and Lord, they changed the name of it when it moved from Roan Hill to Happy Valley because they didn't figure that Roan Hill would quite fit the name anymore with them being at Happy Valley. Sort of the way I looked at it whenever we left Happy Valley. I didn't figure it'd be fitting since we're sitting in Buffalo Valley to call it Happy Valley. So I figured it's time for a change. Lord God, just because we change the name of the church don't mean we change what we stand for. As a matter of fact, I'm more determined now to disrupt the kingdom of hell than I've ever been in my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're more determined, dear God, to stand for your gospel, stand for your truths, cast out devils, heal the sick. I'm more determined, dear God, to pray for the sick people. I'm more determined to pray for folks with cancer than I've ever been in my entire life. I am by no means discouraged. I am by no means down or weary. Satan thought he would get my face, but he better think again. He thought he would discourage us, but he better think again. We are not discouraged, we are encouraged. We are encouraged in the word. We're encouraged in your great name, in your great power, Father. We're looking for great things to happen among us. We've seen great things, but we are looking for greater. And by greater, I don't necessarily mean more emotion. I mean a greater manifestation of your person. And when I say greater, I don't mean deader. A lot of folks consider greater with deader. I don't think it's gonna be deader. I don't think we're gonna stop worshiping. We ain't gonna stop praising. We ain't gonna stop singing. We're not gonna stop clapping our hands. I think we ought to have a shout. We ought to have the shout of the king among us now more than ever before because your word is manifesting itself. Lord God, prove yourself among us. Jesus, we've already seen you heal cancer. We saw Sister Ruth's garden, Lord, I believe with all of my heart, here several months ago. She lay there, dear God, lifeless. But after prayer, the spirit of God brought our sister back. We've seen you do so many things among us already. Lord God, that only fertilizes our faith to believe. You've got wonderful things if we can only stay small and stay humble. Lord God, help us, I pray. Thank you, Father. How many wants that with all your heart? 
Friends, let me show you the difference between some of the arrogance that goes around some of the message preachers. I had a God taking me to hunt this week. And I almost missed the deer that the Lord gave me because the God hadn't called me. And I thought, well, it's too late for me to go. Brother Daniel called anyway, finally worked it out where I could. This God, I get in his truck and he's getting there, maybe I hadn't even went a mile. We've talked about the Lord, he's a saved man. Been a Sunday school teacher, youth leader, things like that, about 64 years old. And he said, already told me, he said, my, my son's a pastor, 32 years old. And he said, I can tell from talking to you, you're a man of God. Your experience in handling the word. What advice would you give to my son? I thought, as, as I sat there, Bill Joel, my heart, I, I, I was so sad because I thought of the message preachers that could ask their elders similar things but won't even do it. Won't even come to men of God that have labored in the word and already forgot more than some of them will ever even know and won't even humble themselves to come to servants of God and say, help me, man of God. I've got a burden on my heart to do this, to do that. Do you see anything wrong with it? Do you see anything wrong in my ministry? Look at me, servant of God. Pray with me, help me, advise me. And I thought, how sad. I'm not sure if he was a Baptist or Methodist or whatever, but all I know is we talked about the Lord and hugged one another's net and shed tears. I thought, how pitiful that a man like this that knows nothing about the message of Malachi 4 and yet would have more humility about it. Don't even know what I believe. And some of the message people that have watched you for years and years. What'd you tell him, Brother Donnie? I said, my advice to him would be this. Stay humble. Stay little. Don't never become big in his own eyes and become arrogant and proud. And I said, if he will stay that way, God will be able to use him. He said, well, he's always been humble and got a real good spirit. I said, that's great. But I said, tell him that I said to keep it. Because Solomon, the man of God that built the great temple of God, when he got older, he also built this temple and that temple and another temple and another temple for idol worship. The very same man that built the house of God because he got arrogant and proud. God's blessed us and give us a nice place to worship. Don't we thank him for it? But let's not get arrogant. Let's not get proud and say, boy, our church is big, our church is our church. No. Let's stay small and little and see what he'll do. Let's not ask people, come and see our church. Let's tell them, Come and see our Jesus. Come and see our Jesus. Don't come and see our pastor. Come and see our youth choir. Boy, I'll tell you what, Sister Emma's doing such a great job with our young people and our, boy, you ought to see our youth group. My goodness, Brother Rob and Brother Joe and this brother, oh, just, just come and see our youth group. Let's tell them to come and see our Jesus. Our youth leaders can't change your heart. 
I can't change their hearts. Only Jesus can change their hearts. Sing something for us here. Praise the Lord. Imagine what Brother Brandon would be able to say tonight if he'd walk in this church and say, Ma. Those of you that have been to Branham Tabernacle, you know how small that it is. How humble, how little. Brother Branham wanted to build a bigger church, but the people didn't want to. And one of the brothers that was on the board said that after the people voted not to do it, Brother Branham told them, that's what they think of my ministry. But because the church voted to do so, he stayed right there. But I've often wondered what it would have been if they would have been of the right mind. You see, a visionary is always one of the most misunderstood preachers that there is in the ministry. Because most everybody just wants to keep it scrunched down. Don't grow. Don't do this. Don't do that. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's our four and no more. But the visionary that says, what about tomorrow? If there is another 10 years or five years, what will we do? What are we going to do with our young people? What are we going to give to them? Oh, my. We don't want to just give them a nice building. We don't want to give you a place to play basketball. We want to give you a place where you can be born again. But I also want to give you a place where you can come together with your own. And we can invite the youth from North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. It's absolutely amazing. The youth services that we've had. I'm hearing from pastors. I'm hearing from youth churches. Or youth leaders, rather, of some of these other churches. When I was here, when Brother Matt was here, how many of the youth from South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, stood outside and said, thank you, Brother Donnie, for letting us come. Praise God. So you see, this ain't just for us. This ain't just for us. Hallelujah. And it won't be if we'll stay little and stay small. How many wants to be that way? Oh, Jesus, we love you, Lord. Jesus, use me. Jesus, use me. Let's sing it together before I go. I'm sorry, I have you a little bit long tonight. I say, Brother Don, but I'm not a preacher and I, I've never even spoken tongues. I don't get up on the floor and dance. And I understand. My little daughter that just stepped beyond the curtain of time, I never recall ever hearing her speak in tongues. I seen her one time on a video where she was jumping. Can't recall that I ever saw her shout her hair down. I can't recall that I ever saw her cast out a devil or do things that people think is great. But I have never seen a lay member whose life touched so many people from around the world. I just keep hearing about it and I think, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You see, the Lord told me months and months ago that we was gonna see his glory. And he told me that it would be marvelous in our eyes. 
But I totally misunderstood what he meant. I just knew beyond a shadow of a doubt in our dedication services when all the saints of God was praying and saints from around the world were praying, I just knew, I just knew beyond a shadow of a doubt she's gonna jump out of that wheelchair and run over this whole place and we're gonna tear this church down and have to build another one. We all shouted it down. But that wasn't what he meant at all. So you see, sisters, even you can be great. Just live your life for what the Lord wants you to be. Your brothers that'll never preach, you never know who you're affected. But Brother Donnie, everybody may not know me the way they do, Sister Erica, she was your daughter, I know that. But what if you influence one soul and they come to the Lord Jesus Christ? And the prophet said that name, that individual will be identified with you for eternity, forever. Each of you have a work for God. Do it. Let's sing it together. Can we just worship a little before we go? Dear oh, Lord, I'll be a witness if you will help yes. my weakness. Help me, Jesus. I know that I'm help not me, Oh, sing it to him now with all your heart. By eyes of faith, I see upon the cross of Calvary. Dear Lord, I cry, let oh, me hallelujah. Oh, let's sing it now. Close your eyes if you would. Raise your hands, everybody. Jesus, use me. Oh, Jesus, use me. And oh, don't refuse me. Surely there. Every young person, every young girl, every young boy, every man, every woman, Thank you, Lord Jesus. And even though it's humble, Lord, help my will to crumble. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. I'll work for you. I'll stand for you, dear Jesus. Are we willing to do it? I'll stand for you, dear Jesus. Though this may come away, I'm going to spread the gospel to the fallen fields. Oh, yes. Oh, and if it be thy will, Lord, for me to go back to China and Africa and New Zealand and Australia, wherever, Lord, help me to be willing to, everybody now, 
Let's just sing it with all of our hearts. Jesus, use me. Thank you, Father. probably know that Sister Shay has been having some, some real problems, like seizure type things, and they found, they found a, a growth, and she can't even get in to get a, a second MRI with contrast up until January. So she's having these things multiple times during the day, and it's sort of like that she passes out. Sometimes her eyes roll back in her head. Isn't it amazing that our health system is so backed up that someone like this is dealing with his things and can't even get, get seen to and taken care of by the doctors. But we have another health care system tonight. Jesus ain't backed up to the first or the middle of January. Let's believe together tonight for our sister. Dear God, we believe your word tonight. Father, we've already been praying for Sister Shay, and my heart's been so heavy for her and her children, her family, Lord, her husband. Dear God, you see this pressing there in her brain, Lord. You see this cyst that's there, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, as a body, as a family of God, we bring our sister before you. Heavenly Father, we call out the most powerful name that's ever been whispered by human lips, the name of Jesus Christ. Dear God, we join our faith together in the promise of your word. I curse this cyst in the name of Jesus. Father, may you touch her, Lord. May you help her. Lord, she's doing what we've been taught to do. The prophet said, when things come, we go to a doctor. That's what we should do, he said. But Lord, she's done all of that and they can't even get to her to try to work her in. Oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus, may the Spirit of God pack our prayers in the presence of God tonight. May the angels of the Lord minister to our sister right now. Lord, she can't be left alone. She cannot drive things she cannot do. Lord, you see what it's doing to her, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Father, bring complete deliverance. I speak to the devil. Satan, in the name of Jesus, I adjure you. In the name of the living God, you are defeated by what our Lord Jesus did. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We do not stand against you tonight in fear. I do not tremble when I charge you, but I say in faith, in the name of Jesus, take your hand off of our sister tonight. May it leave her, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, use me. And oh, Lord, don't 
you appreciate the word of the Lord tonight? Amen. Amen. Let's just sing this little course tonight as you go. Amen. Any visitors in our midst tonight, we just hope you felt welcome. Wanted to, forgot to make mention of any visitors maybe visiting tonight. Just wanted to make you feel welcome. Those be streaming the service as well this evening. Let's just sing this tonight. Oh, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. No matter what tomorrow brings or what it has in store, I will praise. Hooray! 